0: Serve a God no that that is on time. That's right. Oh, yeah. The God makes oh, yeah. ways out of no ways. Yes. You ought to yes. be able to rejoice with the choir and say yes. that we serve long all time. God. Yes. It may not come oh, when we want it to. Yeah. But the God I serve yeah. is on time. Yes, he yes. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Yes, he The God of Deacon Betty and Sister Katie. <laughs> the God <laughs> of Sister Marnie. <laughs> God. Amen. And if you don't believe he's an on time God Just blink your eyes That's right. oh, yeah. Yeah. Because if you blink your eyes That can tell you that he didn't wake you up in eternity But he don't woke you up in, in time yes, and That you might continue to walk in the land of the dying Amen. Headed to the land of the living yes. That's reason enough to just tell the Lord to thank you this morning thank thank God. For his grace and his mercy Thank you, Lord. His kindness towards each of us. Yes, Lord. Won't you whisper a word of prayer with me? Father in heaven, yes, yes, Lord. we do praise, magnify, and glorify your yes, name me, on yes, this Lord. day. Yes. Knowing that if it had not been for you, yes, Lord. we don't know where we would be at this moment. Yes, Jesus. Thank you, God, for being kind. Yes, Lord. Thank you, God, for being great. Yes, yes, Lord. Thank you, God, for being merciful. Thank you, God, for being forgiven. Thank you for your son, Jesus, who died on the cross without a right to the tree of life. Now, God, we sit in tiptoe anticipation of a word from you. Give us ears to hear, eyes to see, hearts to feel. Lord, give us two things, a word that is precise and a word that is right. Let it speak to our situations at this moment. Stand in me and speak through me. Have your way in this place today. So in the name of Jesus Christ, we do pray and ask it all. People of God said amen. 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 Luke chapter 10, verses 17 through 24 is what I'll preach, even though Nick and Betty read 23 and 24. That's the gist of the sermon today. Luke chapter 10, verses 17 through 24 is what I'll share with you. Mm-hmm. Let me read that into your hearing just one more time. The 72 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to To us in your name. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Mm -hmm. Behold, I have given you authority to trail for serpents and scorpions Mm -hmm. and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, Mm -hmm. that the spirits are subject to you. But rejoice that your names are written in heaven. In that same hour, he rejoiced in the Holy Spirit and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise Mm -hmm. and understanding and revealed them to little children. Yes, Yes, Father, for such as your gracious will, Mm -hmm. all things have been handed over to me Mm -hmm. by my father Mm -hmm. and no one knows who the son is except the father or who the Father is except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal. Verse 23 says, Then turning to the disciples, he said privately, Blessed are the eyes that see what you see. For I tell you that many prophets and kings desired to see what you see, and did not see it, and to hear what you hear, and did not hear it. Is that in essence how your Bible reads? Amen. Amen. Then we are together. For a few moments today, I want to indulge you and pray that you will indulge me by going from this thought the ultimate reason to rejoice. That's it. Amen. All right. The ultimate reason to rejoice. Yes, it is. Don Terrell, we live in some difficult days. Mm-hmm. It seems that there is trouble on every hand. That's right. Mm -hmm. And it seems that those of us who are following the will and the way of God are suffering from unnecessary and tough burdens. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Those burdens can bear us so heavy and weigh on us so much that sometimes Reba, we struggle to remember what the Bible says in Romans 8 and 28. Yeah, I like that. Go ahead. For all things work together for the good of those who love the Lord That's it, and right. are called according to his purpose. That's right. It's hard for us to find reason to rejoice mm-hmm. when we turn the television on and Donald Trump is standing up with that red hat on that says, make America great again. <laughs> you can see the TV and go through situations and issues. And you become discouraged, you become dejected, and you can feel defeated. It's often where we lose our shouts. We lose a reason to rejoice because, in the midst of all the trials and tribulations and things that we see on a day to day basis, we become discouraged, we start to doubt, and we don't feel that we have a reason. To rejoice go ahead. many of us are so caught up in our day-to-day things that we don't see a reason to rejoice go ahead. Go ahead. many of us depend on feeling good to make us rejoice want you go ahead now. many of us depend on circumstances to make us rejoice uh-huh. many of us depend on getting our way go ahead. to help us to rejoice We depend on the things that we see in front of us that are temporary. Uh Our cars, our clothes, Mm -hmm. our cash and commodities in order to make us rejoice. Mm -hmm. But we should not depend on those things to make us rejoice. But each and every day that we have an opportunity to open our eyes and get up and tell the Lord, thank you. you, We have reason to rejoice because we have salvation. Our salvation is what should cause us and allow us to say we can rejoice any and every day. It's not your cars, it's not your job, it's not your family that saved you, but it was the salvific saving power of Jesus the Christ that saved you and I. That's why we should rejoice every day. That's why we should have smiles on our faces. Joy in our heart and songs in our li- on our lips yes. because we have Amen. salvation and if you've got Amen. salvation that means you've got eternal life. God. You're leaving Amen. the land of the dying Amen. and you're headed to the land of Amen. the living. Anybody want to tell the Lord thank you right Amen. now? Anybody want to rejoice Amen. at this moment? Because you have the Lord. ultimate thank you. reason to rejoice. Amen. You've been saved. Yeah. You've got salvation. Right. And because you've got that connection, mm-hmm. you've got eternal life. Amen. If we look in the text today, we can identify with the 70. Right. The 70 that Jesus sent out at the beginning of the text, Indeed. they were sent out to spread the good news mm-hmm. of the gospel. But here's the tension in the text for me today. They were sent out to share the good news, but they were painted a pessimistic picture right look at what the text says in verse number three Jesus told them that they were going out as lambs among Among wolves wolves. Jesus told them take no money Mm -hmm. Jesus said don't worry you won't have anywhere to stay Mm -hmm. Jesus even told them don't take any extra shoes for your feet he said don't greet anybody that you see on the road you don't have time for frivolous activities Jesus said to be dependent on God to provide you a place to stay. Yeah. Because wherever you may go, there are going to be places, Brother Leon, that mm-hmm. where people will reject you. Yeah, that's right. yeah. But around. the disciples were given this pessimistic that's picture. It. This picture that seemed hopeless without a real good goal in mind. Uh-huh. But the yeah. disciples, this group of 70, still go out in obedience that's to do right. uh-huh. what God tells them to do. Mm-hmm. Doesn't sound like many people in the world today when it doesn't look good. You won't get any fame. You won't get any glory You won't get any prestige. You won't get your name in the paper. You won't get your name on Facebook You don't have a flyer with your picture on it. You don't think it looks right. And guess what you say? I ain't going to do it I don't care what you say. I don't care who told me. I am not going to do it But these seventy. Decided, you know what? I'm gonna go do as I'm supposed to do. Right. As my grandmother used to tell me, if the Lord tells you to do it, it. you do it. You do it. Don't ask no questions, don't worry about it. You just go out out and and do it. 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 And as these disciples, Bob, go out and do what the Lord told them to do, Mm -hmm. they were met with some unexpected success. Right. They were told to go share the gospel, go share the good news. But when they got out to share the good news, they had power over sickness. They had power over diseases. Right. But then they identified and saw that they had power over Satan and his kingdom. Uh-huh. The disciples, Angie, were sent out to, pro- to proclaim, to preach, and promote the gospel. They were not sent out to fight devils. But when they got out to do what they were called to do, they had the ability to fight devils. They the oh, yeah. Yeah. So they were so excited and elated that when they returned to give Jesus the report of what they did, they were excited because they found out they had power over the devils. Sure did. Yeah. They had power over right. Satan and his kingdom. Right. Yes. These disciples were affixed on what they found out they could do. But they had no true understanding to realize that they had done nothing. But all that had taken place in their lives and what was going on was what Jesus had done for them. They were affixed on this and they probably wondered why in the world didn't Jesus tell us that we had this power? Why didn't Jesus tell us when he sent us out with instructions to go out and preach? To go out and heal and cast out demons? But I like what Jesus says to them in verse number 18 as he refutes what they say. Jesus reminds them that his focus has never been based or never been on the devil and his crew. Look at what he says in verse number 18 when he makes it clear. I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Yes. Sister Margin, All Jesus is simply saying here is this I've defeated him before So I'm not worried about him in this moment Therefore you should look at your situations every day The problems in your life And say I've got victory over this situation I've got victory over my problems Because my God has given me power Over all the devils in him. No need to worry about that Because my God is not worried about it And he has given me the victory He said, I've defeated him. And what we must understand as believers is that what we do for Jesus Christ, the devil, is not an obstacle for us. In verse number 19, he says what? I give unto you what power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And look what he says at the end of verse number 19. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nothing by any means shall hurt you. The enemy is not even a speed bump in what God has for you to do. The enemy is not even something that can stop you, and it's not an obstacle that can keep you from getting where you need to go. Because we have been given power over all these things. That's a wonderful reason to rejoice. But Jesus does not want us nor the disciples to get stuck right there. Amen. Because look what he says in verse number 20. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you. But Jesus says this, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. I like that. Yeah. I thought I'd get a better shout than that church folk just don't get it. Don't worry that you've got power over demons and sickness. But Reba, you ought to be glad that because you're saved that your name is written in heaven. That ought to be shouting news to somebody today because whatever you go through, whatever the enemy tries to do to you, whatever the problem is, the devil cannot overtake or erase your name because your name is already written in heaven. We've got great power. We can stand on serpents and scorpions. We can go through situations, we've got authority, we've got this, and we've got that, but we've got something greater to rejoice about, and it is that, Brother Leon, your name is written in heaven. You don't have to worry about losing your titles, you don't have to worry about losing your car, losing all the money in the bank, but, Malia, our names are written in heaven. Mary's Grove, I'm not here to tell you what to rejoice about today. Some of you may want to still rejoice about the car you have in the driveway. Some of you may be still excited about the food you've got in the cupboard. But Sister Jean, your pastor is going to rejoice because he knows his name is written in heaven. That's the ultimate reason to rejoice because our names are written in heaven. So what's the relevant question today? How do I find the ultimate reason? to rejoice. Uh-huh. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, neighbor how, do I find how do I find the ultimate reason the ultimate reason, reason to, rejoice. to rejoice. Let me see if I can help you and put it down where you can eat today. The first thing we've got to do to be able to have the ultimate ability to rejoice is realign our rejoicing. Uh-huh. We must realign our rejoicing. Jesus begins to teach on rejoicing by saying in verse 20, this, he says, Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Jesus is not rebuking the disciples for rejoicing in their victory over the devil. Jesus is simply realigning the priority of what they're rejoicing in. Yes, Yes, what you are rejoicing about is good, but there is an even greater reason to rejoice. Our rejoicing should be biblically sound and securely founded in the word of God. Mm -hmm. We should not merely just be excited and rejoice about what we see and feel, but we should be rejoicing in what the word of God has given to us. Our rejoicing should be based on the Bible. Our rejoicing should be based on the word. And our rejoicing should not be temporary, but our rejoicing should be on something eternal. All right, go ahead. Uh, you got to rejoice in grace yes. and not in gifts. Yes. Rejoice in grace, not gifts. If you think about what the disciples were doing in the text, the disciples were pointing their fingers at what they had done by the name of Jesus. But Jesus realigned their focus to not what they had done, but he put their focus on what he had done for them. Mm-hmm. The grace of God is the greatest miracle yes, of all. Jesus. And it was not done by the hands of the disciples, and it was not done by your hands. But the grace that we receive every single day was done by the hands of a strong, able, and available Savior. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's why we can rejoice. Just because God uses you in a different way than he uses somebody else, that does not make you superior to them. That's right. Just because yeah. your gift is different and your status or your position is greater than somebody else, right. it does not make your status or position greater in the That's kingdom it. of God. You are still saved by grace. Great. You are still a sinner yes. who is saved by the grace, grace of God. God. You are no different than anybody else. And you ought to be excited and glad to know that your neighbor received the same grace that you did. That the person behind you received the same grace that you did. Therefore, take your thoughts over what you have done and put your thoughts on what God has done. If it had not been for his grace and if it had not been for his mercy, you would not be where you are right now. No matter what your gift is, no matter what your anointing is, you are nothing Without grace. Right. grace. You've got to put your rejoicing in grace and not in gifts. Mm-hmm. But then you've got to put your rejoicing in significance. Yes. Not success. That's right, Amen. Brother Macaulay, these disciples saw success mm-hmm. because they were able to cast out demons. But what we have to understand is what appears to be successful to us may not be significant at all. These disciples, Angie saw people, Mm -hmm. they felt pats on their back, they even felt some prestige because they were able to what, call out these demons, but these things don't equate to souls being saved. We must see the significance of things and allow these things not to bring us glory, but those things bring God glory. We've got to understand and know that our gifts will be nothing without grace. We have to understand that things that we do must be done in Jesus' name for them to truly be significant. If you're just doing it to get yourself some praise, it means nothing. If you're just doing it to get your church some praise, it means nothing. But if you're doing it that God gets the glory, then things will be significant. So don't equate your success to getting your name in the paper, getting your name on the bulletin board, but equate it to see if God got glory, if God will be pleased. Because only what you do for Christ will last. But then we've got to put our rejoicing in eternal things. Not temporary things. We have joy when we feel like we have overcome a situation. We get joy when we feel like we beat the devil. We get joy when we think that we have overcome the person who is spreading rumors about us. But here's the thing that we think about that's not eternal. What happens when the enemy comes back tomorrow? You know what happens when that person keeps talking about you and they're saying worse things than they were the day before? Can you really rejoice when the enemy comes back stronger, bigger, and better? Or can you rejoice in knowing that when the enemy comes in front of you, it's not going to steal your joy? Can you rejoice when knowing that your faith is stuck and is still in God? Can you rejoice when you know that whatever you're going through, your name is still written in heaven? Your faith and your rejoicing should not be fair weather, but your rejoicing should be based that your name is in heaven. Does anybody feel like they can rejoice today because their name is in heaven? Because you are able to see good things? We have the ultimate reason to rejoice. But in order for us to truly rejoice, we have to realign our thinking so that our thinking about rejoicing also aligns us with God. Amen. Amen. But I see something else in the text. We must also realize our rejoicing. Amen. We must realize our rejoicing. Jesus Amen. helps them to realign their rejoicing, but now he helps them to realize their place. As rejoicers. Yes. Look at what he says in the in the B part of verse number 20. Mm-hmm. Jesus says, but rejoice. And that's right. Ash. Jesus says, but rejoice. Jesus does not want us to realign our rejoicing so that we can sit down and rejoice by ourselves. Go ahead. Amen. Jesus wants us to realize our rejoicing and help us to understand that when we unleash the power of rejoicing Mm -hmm. it is the most powerful thing that can take Mm -hmm. place but we have to identify this sister margie that when we rejoice it's not an individual thing (laughs) our rejoicing should not be just based upon us but our rejoicing should be based upon what the lord did also for our neighbor our rejoicing should be based on what he did for our church Our rejoicing should be based on what he did for the people outside that we don't know. Our rejoicing should be an inclusive rejoicing that everybody who receives grace can rejoice on how good the Lord has been. This truth is available to all who have received grace. Grace is a part of all of our lives. And grace gives us an understanding of why we all can rejoice. Right. Don't rejoice by yourself. That's right. But you ought to nudge your neighbor and say, neighbor, I'm going to rejoice with you because I see grace on your life. I see how the Lord has kept you and how he's brought you a mighty long way. When things were going wrong, I see grace on your life. When you were sick in your body, I see grace in your life. When you had a headache, I see grace on your life. This grace is inclusive and this grace and this rejoicing, I'm sorry, should be faith-filled. It should be faith-filled. The disciples here, they rejoiced on what they saw and what they experienced. Uh But they truly should be rejoicing from faith. Uh Jesus said, nothing more, nothing less. But our rejoicing should be representative of the word of God. And not of just these small things. In order that it be powerful, the word tells us this. That when my body begins to shut down and when I begin to lose all that I have inside of me Uh and I receive, Reverend McCrimmon, my last appointed call, that by faith I know that my name will still be in heaven. Therefore, it should be faith-filled when you rejoice. It should be inclusive of the person beside you, and your rejoicing should not be something that's temporary, but your rejoicing should be, it's going to be something that is eternal. You should be rejoicing in an ultimate way today, because you know your name is written in heaven. Anybody feel like giving God a quick 10-second rejoicing praise? Because your name is written Our rejoicing should not be individualized because we all have received grace by faith through Jesus Christ. That allows us to rejoice. That allows us to feel alright. That allows us to know that things are working out in our favor. Regardless of what it looks like all around you, you can still have the ultimate reason to rejoice. Amen. So we do those things and we get to the last piece of the text today. Once we are able to rejoice Uh in an ultimate way, we will be able to rejoin the rejoicing of heaven. Able to rejoin the rejoicing of heaven. In verses 21 through 24, the message of rejoicing now becomes a demonstration of rejoicing. Mm -hmm. As Jesus leads the seventy into a season of rejoicing mm-hmm. before God Right. Jesus here in the text is actually showing them what God and heaven rejoice over yes. Yes. What, does they, what does God and heaven actually rejoice over mm-hmm. they rejoice that the grace of God has been revealed That's right. they rejoice that the grace of God has been revealed look at verse number 21 it says in that same hour He rejoiced in the Holy Spirit and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, Uh that you have hidden these things from the wise and uh, and understanding and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. It's amazing to see those people who are so heavenly mounted that they're no earthly good. Those people who think they're so high and mighty that they know everything about the Bible, they know everything about the church, they know everything about this and that, and their names are not even in the book of him. They're so good and so mighty, but so sinful and so sorry that they think they can get everything they need because they've got everything on earth. But their names are not written in the book of heaven because they think they're more wise, they're more understanding, that they're greater. But I like what Jesus says here. Reveal to the little children. Yes, those little children. Those who may be ignorant, those who don't know, but those who get down on their knees every night and say, Father, thank you for letting me see one more day. Lord, thank you for keeping me when I couldn't keep myself. Lord, thank you for blessing me when I couldn't bless myself. God has been so good to me that I can't say enough about what he's done for me. You think you know this, you think you know that, but if you don't know who God is, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, your name is not written in the book of heaven. Let's go, praise God. The angels rejoice when grace is revealed. The angels and God rejoice when grace is revealed. Heaven rejoices in who grace is revealed to. And let's think about that. Of all the people in the world that grace could be revealed to, he showed grace to us. Let's try that one more time. He showed grace. In our sad and sorry situations, right. and our sinful lives, he still showed us Praise. grace. Praise. If you haven't seen grace revealed in your life, I have. If you haven't seen grace revealed in your life, don't say a word. But if you've seen grace revealed in your life, you ought to be able to tell the Lord, thank you for showing me grace. Thank you for being good to me. Thank you for not giving me what I deserve. Heaven rejoices when grace is revealed, but heaven also rejoices over the greatest revelation. What's the greatest revelation? Grace. Verse 23 says this. Then turning to the disciples, he, meaning Jesus, said privately, blessed are the eyes that see what you see. For I tell you that many prophets and kings desired to see what you see and did not see it. And to hear what you hear and did not hear it. What did they see that the prophets and kings did not see? What did they hear that they desired to hear that the others did not hear? Malia, they heard the gospel and they saw the grace of Jesus Christ. They heard the gospel and they saw the grace of Jesus Christ and the grace of Jesus Christ did not just come in any form or fashion, but the grace of Jesus Christ came through 40 and two generations. The grace of Jesus Christ came and walked the earth for 33 years. He was spat upon, he was talked about, he was called a wine bibbler. he was called Names, he was called John, he was called Elijah, but he was truly the Messiah who came to save the world. So Jesus and the grace that came came in his salvific power. And because Jesus walked the earth for 33 years and went up Golgotha's hill and hung on an old rugged cross, you and I can say that our names are written in the book of heaven. I wish I could close my sermon a little better. I wish I could get myself in E-flat, but I don't think I'll be able to do it today. But all I can think about, Brother McCauley, is that when I think about my name being written in the book of heaven, the only thing that comes to my mind is that old song that says, The blood does sign my name. Good day, church, and may the Lord bless you real good. But the grace and the blood that is signed my name is the blood of my Savior, Jesus Christ. And somebody ought to get glad and be able to tell the Lord thank you because I've received grace. Through the blood of Jesus Christ, it was the blood that saved those. It's the blood that's keeping you, and the blood that will never lose its power. Somebody ought to be able to tell the Lord, "Thank you for your blood. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for keeping me. I couldn't keep myself." It's the blood of Jesus that has signed your name. Nobody can erase your name. Nobody can take your name out the book of heaven, and that's the ultimate reason that you can rejoice. Stop worrying about the power you have or the authority you have to do this and that. That's it. But you ought to be excited and glad to I'm know glad. that the blood of Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. the blood of Jesus Christ, Say it. has signed your name, name in heaven. That's right. Amen. That's the ultimate reason to rejoice. That my, name. that my name is written. As my grandmother would say In the Lamb's Book, Book of Life, Life You have nothing to worry about You have nothing to fear There's no devil in hell That can erase your name Out of the Lamb's Book of Life That's the ultimate reason to rejoice When you close your eyes And somebody else Takes your shoes off You don't have to worry about anything Not your suit Not your dress Not your hair Because your name is written I like in that. the blood I like that. Oh, of the land. Land. Amen. Amen. Let's stand like together. It. Let's stand together. Thank you, Lord. That's the ultimate reason to rejoice.